I want to tell you a story about a church that had a picnic, and they invited the whole community to come. The pastor placed a basket full of apples on one end of the table with a sign saying, take only one apple, please. Remember, God is watching. On the other end of the table was a plate of cookies where one of the children had placed a sign saying, take all the cookies you want. God is watching the apples. Tonight, I am going to continue with a little mini-series that we began on Wednesday called Location, Location, Location. So this is part two. So for those of you who weren't here, we'll do a little bit of review. Uh, that phrase, location, 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 if you are a realtor, you know how important that is to your business. We use that phrase when we're trying to get people to buy a house, and basically what it's saying is it's indicative of a property in a desired area. When you go to pick a house that you may buy, you're not only going to look at the house, but you're going to look at the neighborhood that you're moving into. Where's the closest school? Where's the closest grocery store? So it's all about location. And the more appealing the surrounding, the greater the value. So we picked a picture of probably a location that you would not desire to live in or be around. And if you did live there, it would be probably hard to sell that house to someone else. So my question tonight, when we talk about this series is where is your life located right now? I'm not talking about the house that you live in, but your life itself. Where is it located? Are you in the best possible place you could be, or do you need an upgrade in your life? Go over to Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. This is kind of the foundational text for the series, Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. The Bible says here, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, and this is God speaking to each one of you through his word. Behold, I will do a new thing. Everyone say new. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, as we began talking, Pastor David and I, about what to minister on over the next couple months, we decided that July would be a month talking about God's provision for you. Because with everything going on in our culture, in the world, in America in particular, we see a lot of people being concerned as gas prices rise, food prices rise, and your money may not be rising. And you're thinking, how am I going to get through this? Well, I've got some good news. The Bible says that God will do a new thing in your life. We define that word new this way. We called it fresh God's going to do something fresh. Some of you, your life has gotten stale. You've gotten complacent. 
It just seems like it's the same old thing. Nothing ever changes. Well, God can do something fresh. It also means to renew or repair. To renew or repair. Some of you might need to be repaired. You've been broken. Maybe by people. Maybe you've lost a job. You've lost a loved one. Again, God is saying that I can do something new in your life. I can renew you. I can repair you. And then I like what it says at the end. I will make rivers in the desert. Has your life been located in a desert lately? You just feel like nothing is happening. That word desert there we define as times of unfruitfulness dry or parched. See, if something is unfruitful, nothing's growing. There's nothing new happening. And you need a new dose of life to come into you. We learned last time, we started looking at Isaac. And Isaac himself was in a desert. The Bible says that the land was experiencing famine, which means that it was unfruitful. What did God tell him to do? Change locations. Some of us, we need to change the location of our life. If we don't feel like we're being fruitful where we are, can we change the location? I'm not talking about moving out of the city necessarily. But some of you have been working at a job that you hate your whole life, and you're not willing to step out and most of the time, it's fear. We're afraid. God told Isaac where to dwell and where not to dwell. Sometimes we just step out and we look and do something that we think it looks good on paper. But did we ask God about it? It might be a good thing, but was it a God thing? We learn that word dwell means to rest in peace and security. So if God tells you to dwell somewhere, to go somewhere, then that means if you follow him, you will be at rest in peace and security. And we need a lot of that right now. Isaac did something that was crazy. Here he is in a land of famine, Nothing's happening, and he decides to change his location, change his life by sowing in a land of famine. You know, when money is tight, when finances aren't really there, the fact that you're actually going to sow seems so contrary to the mind that you're thinking, well, how could I possibly do that? But you know why he sowed? And this is what you need to learn. Sowing represents future. Sowing represents future. When you sow, you are expecting something to come as a result of that, so you have something to look forward to. What did we read in Isaiah don't look at the former things. We get stuck in our past, and we think nothing's ever going to change. 
Now, that's your review, so let's go on. Go to Genesis 26, and we'll pick up where we left off, because we haven't heard the whole story of Isaac yet. Genesis 26, let's look at verse 13. Genesis 26, 13. So the last thing we read is that Isaac sowed, and that year he received a great blessing. In verse 13, it says, And the man waxed great, speaking of Isaac, and went forward and grew until he became very great. Now, I like that phrase, went forward. Because in the verse right before, it says that God blessed him. How many of you like to get blessed? Anyone? Some of you. The rest, nah, I don't want to be blessed. I don't like blessings. Well, the word blessed means to cause you to move forward. So God is all about you going forward, which is why he wants to bless you. When it talks here that Isaac's life went forward, we could look at it this way as well, that God caused his life to flow like a river. He caused his life to flow like a river. Remember, he's in a bad situation. He's in a famine situation. What does water do? Water causes things to grow. Some of you need a good dose of water in your life. You know how you get that water? Reading the Word. The Bible refers to the Word of God as water. So when you get the Word in you, it's going to cause you to grow. God will cause rivers to flow through your deserts. What deserts are you walking through in life right now? Start speaking over your life, your family, your church. We can all be rivers of flowing water. The Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers. Notice rivers, plural. What does that tell me? It's not just a one-time experience. God just doesn't douse you with a hose. And okay, that's it. Hope that lasts for the rest of your life. No, I want fresh fresh. I want a new thing. You know what? He says, behold, I will do a new thing. I want something new every day. I want fresh every day. I don't know about you, but when I eat fruit, I like fresh fruit. I, I pick fruit. I go shopping for people. I look for fresh fruit. I don't look for the moldy fruit, the bruised fruit. God wants to do something fresh. Start speaking over your life. Get rid of that old image, that parched, dry, famine, death image, thinking this is my life. No, it isn't. It may have been your life, but you're a new creation. He does something fresh in you. You don't have to identify with that anymore. Let's look at Genesis 26, 13, and 14. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. 
For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now remember, Isaac left the promised land and he went to live with the Philistines. He didn't have all that stuff at the beginning. But because he trusted in God and God caused rivers to flow into his desert, all of a sudden he began to prosper and the Philistines looked at him and they got jealous. He came as a stranger into their land and then they ended up wanting the life that he had. See, unbelievers ought to look at you as Christians and want the life you have. Because God's causing rivers to flow in your desert. People say, oh, coming the end of the year, we may experience one of the worst depressions this land has ever seen. And that causes fear in people. Yeah, I, I get excited about that. Because I can't wait to see what God's going to do. Because my life isn't based on the economy. If God could feed the prophet by ravens, I mean, think of that. God caused birds to feed the man of God. You know what the amazing thing about being fed by a raven is? They chew the food up for you beforehand. So it takes away some of the effort of eating it. The Philistines envied him. You've got to re-engage in life. You know, if you're just sitting in a chair feeling sorry for yourself, you might never get out. I, I talk to Christians all the time, and I hear people, well, you don't understand how bad. It's easy for you. I, I always love this. It's easy for you as the minister to preach this. But you don't understand my situation. Yeah, I do. I got to live it just like you do. I don't get any free pass, any extra anointing to live this word out. I got to read the word. I got to apply it just like everyone else. I got to believe God just like everyone else. So re-engage. Let's look at the next verse. Go to Genesis 26, 15, and 16. Now, just before I read this, I want you to understand, Isaac goes to live with the Philistines. He begins to sow in a time of need. God prospers him so much that the Philistines are jealous of him. And look what happens. Now, the Philistines had stopped up the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Now, I don't know how dumb someone could possibly be, but if you're going to fill up the wells that are producing water in the desert, you got to be riding on a ship that doesn't even have a rudder. The wheel's spinning, but the hamster's dead, all right? 
So they are so jealous that they fill up all the wells, but then they kick him out of the land. Like, wouldn't you think, leave the wells and we'll take the water? But no, they fill up the wells and they kick him out. Isaac now has to relocate to a new location. Imagine what you would think. You went through all this. You finally got to the place where everything's going good. And then you got kicked out. You got to leave. Look at verse 17. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gur and dwelt there. You know what I like about Isaac? Uh, at least we don't see it. He doesn't argue. He doesn't get up. Are you kidding me? After I just did all this, God, you just prospered me, and now I've got to leave and start all over? What's that all about? He doesn't argue. He leaves the place where he is prospering, and goes and dwells in a new place. You know why that's good news? Because who remembers what the word dwells means? To rest in peace and security. That means wherever Isaac goes, he's going to rest in peace and security. Why? Because he's putting his trust in God. You can send him anywhere you want, and God's still going to work. How many of you know God's not limited by a certain location. God is not just limited by operating in Naples. He actually operates in other cities. I know, it seems crazy, right? But he does. He can. So, he goes to a new place. He goes to a land that nobody else wants, and you can read this uh, for yourself, but I'm going to summarize here. He digs where nobody else had ever dug, and guess what happens? Water comes up. God, again, causes water to come up in his desert. So maybe you just lost your job. Now you got to go to a new job. Can God prosper you there? Can God operate in your life there? Absolutely. Well, what if uh, your boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife, they leave you? Is life over? Can God prosper you somewhere else? Absolutely. So God causes his life to flow like a river. What happens then? The Philistines see that and they run him out of there. So he picks up his family, his flocks. He goes to another place that nobody wants. The servants dig wells. Water comes up again. Why? Because God has made a promise to him that I will make rivers flow in your desert. Now, if he promised that to Isaac, is that just Isaac's promise? Like he capitalizes on, nobody, I put a copyright on that. Nobody else gets that but me. The Bible says God is no respecter of persons. So if he causes water to flow in Isaac's desert, he can do it in yours as well. So then you know what happens? Philistines come, run them out of that place. 
Now he goes so far in the desert that nobody bothers this guy because there's no water that far out. Nobody has even ventured to go as far as Isaac went. What does he do? He digs, and guess what? Water comes up again. God promised him that I will cause your life to go forward and flow like a river. So I want you to think about where you are in your life. Because I don't know if any of us have went through that much craziness. Again, God is not unlimited by his supply. So no matter what happens to you, no matter where you end up, even if it's something that you hadn't planned, even if it's a result of someone else's decision, God can still cause water to flow into your life. He can still cause your life to move forward. Amen? As God brings restoration to your life, the devil keeps trying to take it away from you. The Bible says uh, in the parable of the sower and the seed that when the seed is planted, immediately, immediately, the devil comes to steal that. So some of you are going to hear this word tonight, and you're going to think, wow, that sounds good. You know what? I want my life to move forward. I want rivers to flow into my desert. I want those areas in my life that have been dry and parched and unfruitful to suddenly come alive. God, I'm believing that. And then tomorrow or next day, something will happen. You'll be like, really? Lord, I was standing on your word. What in the world is going on? Well, just time to relocate again. And start digging again and waiting for that water to come up. God creates opportunity for you. But you, in your mind, can create the potential to get discouraged if you're not careful. Look at how many times Isaac had to relocate. Again, if that happened to most of us Christians, even once, what would be our verbiage? Lord, are you kidding me? I mean, really? I went where you told me to go, and look what happened. And what did you send that to me in the first place? I mean, I would have been better in Egypt. We talk that way. But we don't recognize that no matter where you go, God can move in your life. The Bible says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Either you're putting your trust in him or you're putting your trust in something else. When you make up your mind to move forward, you don't get bogged down by roadblocks in your life. When you make up your mind to move forward, you don't get bogged down by roadblocks in your life. You ever been on a trip somewhere, and maybe you're halfway there, and all of a sudden, where you're going, the road's blocked off. 
You can't go the way you wanted to go. What do you, oh, that's it. Guess we go home. Can't make it there. No. If you're intent on moving forward, you find a way. You find a way around those obstacles. In the same way in life, if we are intent that God has caused us to continue moving forward, we will not let anything stop us. We will not let anything hinder us. We will not get discouraged by our friends. Oh, let me just talk about that for a minute. The Bible has an interesting scripture in the Old Testament. It says, don't cast your pearls before swine. Anyone ever hear that before? Don't cast your pearls before swine. And the premise is you wouldn't take, if you had a super expensive diamond necklace, you wouldn't put it around a pig that's going to wallow in the mud and not appreciate the value of it. In the same way, let me caution you, and this is what the scripture means. Be careful who you talk to about the vision God has given you. Because people will tell you 10 ways of how that vision will not come to pass. Instead of getting behind you and being a cheerleader, most people are jealous if you're moving out and experiencing blessings of God and they're not. So they would rather hold you back so that you're on the same level as them. I don't want to be on the same level as other people. I want to move forward in life. I want to keep digging wells. I want water to keep coming up so that I keep seeing fruit in my life. Amen?